My favorite Driftwood Outdoors podcasts are the ones we record live. We've come to you from numerous fishing boats, duck blinds, different events, but tonight we're recording live from my favorite place to be in Missouri, on a gravel bar, camping along the... On the river that we no longer speak of. (laughs) I'm Brandon Butler. I'm Nathan Shags McLeod. I'm Paddled On. And I'm Tim Flanner. Welcome to the Driftwood Outdoors podcast. If you've always dreamed of finding a special piece of outdoor recreation property in the Midwest, you don't need to look any further than Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. With hundreds of land listings available, Living the Dream Outdoor Properties has that special hunting, fishing, camping, or farming property you're looking for. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties isn't just for buyers. If you have a property to sell, Living the Dream makes the process super easy and brings to the table their huge following of prospective buyers. With the land market on fire right now, Living the Dream will bring you the offer your property deserves. When it came time for me to sell Driftwood Acres, there was no question I was going to work with Daryl Heinemann and his team at Living the Dream Properties. Their professionalism made the process a breeze and they brought me multiple offers in the first two weeks. After my personal experience with Living the Dream, I can tell all of you with confidence that this is the real estate firm you want to work with for any land deal. For more information or to contact Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, visit livingthedreamland.com. That's livingthedreamland.com. Chances are you know how important hunting is to conservation, and you likely recognize the incredible hunting heritage we have in America. What you may not consider, though, is how important hunting is to our economy. That's why we are proud to partner with Hunting Works for Missouri to promote the strong economic partnership between the hunting and shooting communities and the economy of Missouri. Hunting Works for Missouri sheds light on the economic impact hunting has on our economy. Since its inception in 2012, I've proud proudly served as a co-chair of Hunting Works from Missouri. Our membership consists of businesses representing a cross-section of the Missouri economy. These include sporting goods retailers, restaurants, hotels and resorts, gas stations and convenience stores, and of course, all the taxpayers of the state, hunters and non-hunters alike, who benefit from the license fees, taxes, and jobs the hunting and shooting industries provide. To learn more about Hunting Works for Missouri, which is a program of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, visit huntingworksformo.com. That's huntingworksformo.com. Big shout out and thanks to everyone who's taken a minute to review us online. We really appreciate it. If you haven't done it yet, we ask you to take 30 seconds and go do it today. Like, share, rate, subscribe. Let everyone know how much you love this podcast so we can keep doing it. And be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms, Driftwood Outdoors on Instagram and Facebook, and keep submitting those mystery bait bucket questions. You can email us, info at driftwoodoutdoors.com, or again, just Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Hope you enjoy this new podcast. The Driftwood Outdoors Podcast with Brandon Butler and Nathan Shags McLeod. Got a couple of unpaid pro staffers out here on the old gravel bar. We do, we do. It is Labor Day weekend, and there's nowhere I would rather be than on the river spending two nights on gravel bars 
celebrating freedom. Like, I was thinking about that so much yeah, today. Yeah, it's a good How intro, man. We float through this public land. The water is pristine. The scenery is beautiful. Yeah, skate, man. We share it with other people. They're all having a good time. Then we pull over wherever we want. We set up tents. We're having a campfire. We're catching fish, grilling out. I just, it's the best. Yeah, and the stars, man. I hope you can hear the bugs and stuff, just the wildlife going in the background, because yeah. it's incredible. It's one of my favorite things to do, for sure. But I, I think we need to start this podcast Seven, with a couple of Heaven on Earth. shout-outs. Flanner's having a good time over oh, yeah. there. I'm hey, in a good place. Flanner's been mind. on the river all day. Yeah, a couple shout-outs, man. We had a couple good good uh stories to share yeah uh, and we got to give a shout out to the whole baker banter crew because it's happening the driftwood outdoors baker bantering podcasts are gonna record coming up in october and it was pretty cool to get tagged in that instagram story with those guys and uh, what did he say stay cool Stay cool, Shags. Yeah, stay cool, brother. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to I hope you know your old school wrestling, my man, because oh, we that, were talking off that, air yeah, about how I've interviewed Triple it. H and Jericho, and I grew up with the Honky Tonk Man and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I mean, Hacksaw I, Jim Duggan. Hacksaw, yeah. They got us talking about wrestling, and I told you that I went and saw Hulk Hogan wrestle the big boss man at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. That was the best ever. Hulkamania was alive, brother. Yes. Oh, tell the story about uh, uh, how upset your dad was because yeah, so you my hulked dad out. Is, my dad is a frugal man, and he broke down and bought my brother and I both the Hulkamania T-shirts. They're all the ones that were all ripped up that he would come out and rip it off at the beginning of every match. So it was my brother, my cousin Derek, my cousin Jimmy, uh, Jonah, Jonah's brother Juddy. Um, you had a crew. Yep. It, it was, we rolled up there for, it was Christmas time and we ended up with the shirts and it was Saturday night main event and Hogan came out and ripped his shirt off when he did it. He was going around the ring doing his like point uh-huh. up in the crowd flex with those 24 inch pythons. Yeah. And oh. when he ripped his shirt off, we all ripped our shirt off. <laughs> After your dad just, just spent, spent 30 like bucks. 25 bucks a piece <laughs> on these ripped up shirts. He just looked at us. He was so mad. That was like $180 but back in 1993 the Hulks, or something the like that. <laughs> the Hulkster's pointing up at us. Man, it was a memory. And that, there's a lesson in that, right? Like, yeah, we ripped up 25 bucks, but we're still talking about it <laughs> yeah. 30 years shirt, later. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good lesson. So, so I'm looking forward to that podcast. That's I'm really so looking forward fun. to getting to visit with, with the whole crew and then talk to them a little bit about their love for the outdoors and family. And, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. We're, we're really looking forward to it. I also wanted to read an email. And I've been thinking about this, and I think we should start doing it. Um, if you write a review, I think we should start reading reviews. Okay. And then just kind of give listeners shout-outs for doing the whole rate, review, subscribe thing because... I don't know if people just don't review as much as they used to because you're asked to review everything now, but 
Like we don't have very many. So well, I mean, we're doing all right. If anybody there, has it in the kindness of their heart to go do one, and that's what Apple. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to bribe you. Yeah. Like if you listen to the podcast, I'm going to be more upfront. You love the podcast. <laughs> we'll we'll read the positive feedback and give you a shout out. Like this email we got that says, "Dear Brandon and Shags, you might not remember me, but I went on a current river fishing trip with you and my husband Matt, Natalie, and her fiance Nick." It was a trip where Shags saved Nick's life after he almost threw him overboard, and my husband and I were the peaceful husband-wife fishing duo. I'm running to let you know how much I love the podcast and so glad you told us about it while we were on the river that day. I first started with the most recent, but then I was hooked and had to go back to the beginning. Every episode has me laughing, smiling, learning, and makes me remember all my fishing and hunting trips with my dad and brothers. I didn't start hunting until I was in my 20s when I was single mom and was looking forward to providing our own meat. However, I never harvested a deer or turkey until I met my husband and we started hunting together, laugh out loud. I have gotten a dove with my dad, but for some reason that doesn't seem the same as getting a deer or turkey with them. Anyways, I just want to say thank you for providing my entertainment while I drive to and from work. I really do love them and I'm learning a lot. Have a great week. Sincerely, Natalie Durbin. Well, what's funny is she's like, I don't know if you remember me. How did we forget? How would we forget <laughs> you, like, Natalie? Like two months ago and yes. they were like the coolest couple and I was like hoping we would end up doing more things together. Yeah, they know? gave me a couple of pounds of their ground pork. We no, went no. to Big Rock Candy Mountain together for dinner afterwards. I mean, I, I know we're getting older and stuff, but my memory <laughs> still works back like two months ago to a couple of really cool people in, yes. my, in my raft all day. But Natalie, if you're listening, we 100% remember you. That was yeah. a really fun trip. <laughs> In our celebrity lifestyles, people just come and go. Yeah, know, I guess so that's fast. what she was thinking. <laughs> that was a really fun one, man. They, yeah, they, yeah, they were a, place a lot of unspoken, fun. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So those were your two stories. I have a story to tell. Um, Dude, I got totally distracted, man. Something drilled my pole, man. Oh, did you get a hit? We got a. We should say. Oh that yeah, it was. It got we, hammered. And I was like, "What? Well, so that really happened?" We are <laughs> we are night fishing. So Flanner is staring at my raft that I have anchored out there, and we have two rods with glow sticks on bells. Just glow sticks in the darkness. Doing, oh, 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 that's a fish. Yes, there, there it is. All right. Head, yep. <laughs> They're running. Shags is running into the river. Oh, too, man. man. Hey. Now the glow sticks aren't bobbing anymore. It was down hello. a good foot, though. It hit it, though. That was a total <laughs> hit. You guys saw that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Shags is out in the middle of the river. So he was starting to explain how he's got rods rigged up. There's crankbaits that I'm are just, just glad we got our headphones waiting off. in the current. So you cast them out. The current is running down the river. The river's powering the crankbaits. It's just sitting back there waiting for a fish to come upstream. Yeah, I'm going to go make sure mine's swimming good. <laughs> Shags just yelled, don't tell them our secrets. Well, I'm telling them the secrets. This is all like Western salmon fishing applied here in the Midwest for big brown trout at night. You can maybe hear Shags doing Shags the, weight, the weight of shame back over Shags here. Shags is making his way back. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. I guess, yeah, it won't hit mine like that too a little bit ago. Do you have your mic on? No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, dude. That was, that was, that was brutal. Oh, man. And Brandon was already betting me I wouldn't catch one, so I was all no. excited thinking that so was going to be So does that mean I win? That was going to be the one. Or do you get all nine? That was a total hit, too. Like, yeah. it drilled it. We were all watching it, too. Yeah, that thing got that thing got buried. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't hear the bell going off. Yeah, I didn't think I was seeing yeah, things, man. That was totally hit. All right, so my story. 
I want to brag on Shags. Uh-oh. Oh, for what he again. did with the True North Radiothon. She cast it back out. So Shags and his fiance Savannah moved into a home. Uh, they later had found out that there was a murder-suicide in this home. Shags being Shags went on the radio and was like, only I would do something like this. I sit going. Then he learns more about who this woman was and how tragic this story was. And in a way, I think to atone for making light of the situation, came up with a radiothon last year to raise funds for True North, an organization that helps people that are in abusive relationships yes. or getting out of abusive relationships. That's the goal. So last year raised $25,000. 25000 Just one radio station, 96.7 KCMQ. And this year he raised $32,500. $32,500. In 12 hours. All that money is going to you know help people that are in times of of really, really desperate need. The stories that people were coming on the radio and, and telling you, telling personal stories, man, I just, the people that don't know you on the radio, those that don't live in the Columbia region, uh, don't get to hear all the things that you do for other people. But man, you, you've hit a home run with that. And I'm really proud of you. Well, thank you, man. And tell, tell like how it feels for you, I guess, why you're doing it. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a good thing. I, I'm pretty proud of it. And the, the program True North is just incredible because, yes, they do have uh, a shelter, but they do so much more than that. They do all sorts of, I mean, they'll help you with job placement, job training, uh, counseling, even afterwards. There, some of them, women and the survivors that came in to tell their story, that happened years ago, and they were still getting counseling through true north and it it's just it's part of the reason i got into radio yeah we like to have a good time and make jokes and i get paid to to kind of be a wise ass but then also just to be a voice for the voiceless and to help our community when when they need it and i felt it was a underserved charity and nonprofit. and also yes it's powerful they need money you always need money makes the world go round but in this situation we had a chance to bring awareness and have the uncomfortable conversation about uh, domestic violence and abusive relationships so hopefully we got to change some minds and then we also brought awareness to not only true north so if there was people in those situations that they had a place to go and also just being able to have the talk and hopefully help those that are in situations like that be brave enough to leave. So there's a lot that goes into it, and, yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. You did great, man. Thank you. Raised a bunch of money. Paddle Don. Sir. You drove all the way from Indiana to do this. 442 miles. Float with us. What is it about the rivers and the Ozarks, gravel bar camping, that keeps calling you back? I fell in love with this place when I first came down here to, to visit you during the days with the cabin. And uh, this place immediately became part of my soul. Um, we've had some incredible floats already on the And we've had some incredible floats already on the river that shall remain nameless. Yeah, I'm going to bleep that too. And 
You have to do a lot it's of good to be back here. out here. Oh. It's so wonderful to be on a gravel bar with you guys. I've taken a bit of a, a hiatus from uh, the driftwood stuff for a while lately and had to concentrate on work. So it feels good to reconnect with everybody and, uh, and even catch a few fish today. You'll so, forever be an unpaid pro staffer, Paddled On. Yeah, we're never paying him shit. <laughs> <laughs> I That's meant good. that in a more nice, more polite, nicer way. Uh, like, you're always part of the team. You it's get what truly, you pay for. It's truly an honor to be an unpaid pro staffer around here. <laughs> Where you shall remain timelessly. <laughs> the OG... Oh, that's too funny. Oh, oh, oh. I saw, I, dude, I wonder if the boat's drifting. No, it's something's in it, man. For oh, sure. yeah, go get it. I know. I want to, like, he needs to you take got it. crankbaits on. If something hits it, they're going to be hooked. They're swiping at it. Like. Not all the time. You'd be surprised. Man, we should have built a bridge across there. <laughs> 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 you can't talk without your headset on, man. Oh, his headset's not yeah. even on. I thought his headset, I'm sure it's going to pick it up. That's funny. <clears throat> We should have built a bridge out there. <laughs> Lash the other rafts together so we yeah. can get out to it. You gotta, you definitely have to go through. <laughs> when I was in South Africa, we walked out on this pier late at night. And it was all lit up. There's lights shining down in the water. It reminded me of crappie fishing back here. So I wanted to walk out on that pier and see if those lights were attracting fish. And sure enough, they were. There was thousands of fish swimming in the lighted water below the pier the next morning but there was nobody out there fishing so the next morning i see a guy fishing in the surf and i was like hey man did you ever fish the pier at night are you allowed to fish the pier at night he's like yeah but no i was like nobody's out there he's like well why would you fish it at night and i showed him a video of all the fish that were out by that pier at night so I wonder if that... And he said he was going to go try to catch them. He named what kind of fish they were. Huh. So I wonder if I started night fishing from the pier in Port Elizabeth. Now it's like a thing already. There's a dozen people over there fishing right now. It's cool that we're down here far enough where you can hear Big Rock Candy Mountain. I keep forgetting we're on a po- podcast, man. It's not bad. <laughs> I really do. Like, I start... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're going to be the star of this one, dude. No, I... Yeah. <laughs> my, head, my headset's gone. Like, yeah. Uh, it's been a long day on the water. Well, let's talk about what we're doing. So, Labor Day weekend, we came down to the Polish Embassy last night, which is your cabin real yep. close to Montauk State Damn, Park. band's still playing, too. Uh, yeah. Went out and had dinner at Big Rock Candy Mountain, which that place is awesome. Yep. The it's, food's great. There was like a, a Grateful Dead cover band going on last night. Uh, sat out on the deck, had a big pile of the best nachos. Dude, and, the, funny, the funniest thing about that, and I even told Roger, he's the owner, I remember him on one of our floats years ago when we took out at Cedar that he was just a wild man down there yelling about the best burger in town being less than a half a mile away. And if you're heading up that direction, it's like a gravel road. And I remember thinking, yeah, right, dude. I'm not going up a half a mile on a gravel road for the best burger in town. That's not That's not true. 100% true. Yeah. We ended end up there this year for the first time to watch Mark Van Patten speak before opening day. And that's how we got introduced to Big Rock Candy Mountain. Do you go there often when oh, you're down if here? If we're down here, we we get there, we eat there at least once. Yeah, it was yeah. my first time in. I was impressed. And then, then you talk about Roger. The neat thing was, 
Um, he came over and introduced himself. Um, you know, they were super friendly, welcome you in like you're you know, you're visiting your their family, and it's not a, a restaurant. But we had the music going on in the background. There was vendors out there. It was just a really casual atmosphere, but the food was incredible. So, yes. Yeah. They, for uh, the price point, I mean, it's you can't beat it around here. So it's, the nachos, a half order is enough for five to six people. The full order comes in like one of those turkey basting We had to get dinner tonight, pans. man. <laughs> well, the, fun, yeah. the, funny was thing, good. the funny thing about those nachos and Natalie... Uh, we went and Savannah ordered them and she goes, should I get the full or the half? And before I thought we had gotten the full and I was like, yeah, just get the full, babe. That'll be fine. No, apparently we had ordered the half the time before. So when we were all eating together, they brought out a full set of nachos that was like the size of the whole table. And yep. everyone was like, what just happened? Yeah, like Brandon was saying, the uh, it comes out in... The foil pan that you would normally buy to baste a turkey in at Thanksgiving, it's about four inches deep and big enough to hold a full-size turkey, and it's heaped up that size with nachos. So I had the nachos, which we were basically full after three of us ate ate those down. Then I got a, a blue cheese wedge salad. It was just your typical iceberg, blue cheese dressing, blue cheese crumbles, uh, cherry tomatoes, and real bacon crumbled all over it. It was amazing. And then I got an appetizer of chicken wings. I couldn't finish it all, so I brought some chicken wings back to you. Yeah, and and they're actually famous for their jalapeno popper burger. That's the the one thing. Served on Texas toast. Yes, if anyone's coming up there for the first time and like, what should I get? I was like, start with that. That is one of the best things. Yeah, it's money. Oh, yeah, Savannah's over there just with the smile on her face (laughs) because thinking of that food, it's that good, man. I mean, we've talked to them about possibly just finally – Getting when getting married at up there that'd be cool. I'd vote for that. Yeah, man. Well, because that That's big barn thing place. that they're building is supposed to be like where you have the ceremony, and then they got a big stage way in the back and have a band, live music. And but when you, are you gonna set the date, man? You can come and camp. Well, now I get to blame them because their wedding <laughs> is not not available <laughs> yet. <laughs> well, if you do do it, and Savannah was telling me today about her wedding dress, like describing to me how it looks, so. I think maybe it could be on her mind if she's talking about how beautiful this dress is. So yeah. I'm well, all for the party. Yeah. I just want it to happen so we can have an absolutely epic It weekend. will be a bash. That'd be an epic place, too, though, man. It'd be cool, right? Oh, yeah, like in the fall or something. Like, look pretty, man. And the big stage that's back there, and they have a couple of larger cabins, so we our families could both rent out one of the cabins and stay there, and then if you wanted to come down... Yeah. And, RV it, tent it, or get one of the smaller cabins. Just rent the whole place out. I think it'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Well, you've talked about the place, and Tim kind of alluded to it a minute ago about them showing up on mic. You want to tell them what we're sitting here listening to? Because we got all that. I mean, oh, yeah. We're right there. Live music in the background. Yeah, it was a complete surprise yeah. to us that mm-hmm. we we picked this sandbar. They're playing late, too, man. They've been playing for like three hours. Yeah, we picked this sandbar and came up here, and music started up, and we're like, could, could it nice. possibly be that we are right here? And it turns out we're right below them. Well, that's how that's what's so wild about this river we no longer speak of, just the way it winds yeah. back and forth. And, I mean, it, it goes all over the place. If we get back to the embassy... Watch movie. Yes. Pass out on the couch. Get up this morning, have breakfast buffet at the state park. So you got a ready-made oh. breakfast buffet there. Shags <laughs> has to go to his homeowners association <sighs> meeting. Yes. 
We do a it, big, long shuttle. Shout out to our good friend, Damon oh, Spurgeon. Oh, Damon Spurgeon, lifesaver. Right. He followed us all the way down the river to where we left our vehicles. Brought us all the uh, way back was, to where we dropped yeah, off the rafts. Awesome. We got on the water about 3 o'clock, and we floated for about three hours. I caught two really nice browns, two smallmouth. I think everybody caught fish. Yep, one yeah. rainbow, three smallies. And uh, got our gravel bar set up. I'm going to catch one. Start fishing, start here, cooking. Now yeah, I have, I'm going to catch one on the podcast, dude. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> You're willing it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> You you guys can't see him, but he's like on the edge of his chair, just leaning forward, ready to sprint. I've taken this head off like probably six times in the last like hour. What is it, 75, 80 feet across? And it's deep. You have to go through across deep water water to our pools. And I run up there to check it, and like, fish is not on there, man. Just you got to you got to want it, my man. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of going to take a so I'm patiently waiting this time. It's page out of your book. It. That thing's got to be buried for Come me on. to <laughs> go back out there. But I'm taller, so it's not quite crotch deep. Yeah. Yeah. It's right at that level, man. Upper knee, lower thigh. So, yeah, man. It's shout cold. out to Damon on the water at three. I kind of I jumped ahead of everybody because I'm the one that had an eye for this spot because we've seen some big fish and we wanted to try to fish for them, fish for them at night. And so I took off. It'll be good in the morning, though. It's and yeah, for that. Savannah and I didn't stop really to to fish. I was going to stop at the place we normally have lunch, but there was already a uh, a couple <sighs> camp there. That was probably loud. Well, I saved a brown trout's life right today. I was a girl smoke away from me. A girl caught a brown and said, uh, "I'm going. I might fillet it." I said, what? Yeah. I said, "You can't do that. You can't do that up here." So what are you going to do with it? Because she would, like, put it in her canoe. She really did. She's like, I'm going to try to fillet it. (laughs) No. Not enough water. She put it back. Yeah. Well, yeah, because this is a blue ribbon, man. You can only keep one, and it has to be... Over 18. Is it 18 or 19? I know it's a trophy, like, considered a trophy fish. I think it's got to be over 18. One fish. Yeah, I've never kept one. I've even tried explaining people, like... (laughs) (laughs) Just bring a tape measure. It's so much better. Well, the three of us, Paddle Don, Shags, myself, we did a Labor Day float. How many years ago was that now? 2018. Was it 18? Yeah, I was looking at the pictures before we, uh, before we left today. We had Daryl Tucker, the mayor of the Happy mayor. Hollow, Bill Cooper, Scott Weaver. Who else was with us on that trip? Oh, oh Ben Stahl. Yep. That was a fun trip. There was a lot of good memories made on that. The band's still going. When we took a tent for the mayor, and instead of popping it up, he just laid it on the ground and slept on top. <laughs> slept, slept on the on tent on the ground. And him and Cooper bickering like two old women because every rip, ripple up there. That was funny. That was one would set the paddle down and just watch the other. Then the other would get mad and set his down. The other one would have to do something. Well, yeah, because the mayor said something about how he – about not paddling or not being able to or didn't know how and and then Bill was doing it the whole time and he picked up the paddle and started because I mean the mayor lived on grew up on this river that guy knows how to paddle he was just giving Cooper a hard time that was a lot of fun we came by there today it it has changed so much in five years I didn't even recognize it if I wouldn't have if Brandon wouldn't have pointed it out I wouldn't have known we were there but it's still a neat little place to stop well, Labor Day is supposed to be 
kind of the signaling of the end of summer. What's the uh, coolest thing you did this summer, Chags? The coolest thing I've done this summer? Yeah, what's your best summer memory of Why'd you ask me that first? 2023. Man, I've done a lot of cool stuff. I mean, it's probably got to be Shit. On, on one of these trips down here. I mean, that last trip I took with that uh, Brandon... That 11-year-old and his grandpa, Chris, that was yeah. special, man. That was that was something neat to be able to see a young man get so excited about catching new species, and it was, it was awesome. It made me think I might be able to be a guide one day. <laughs> <laughs> You're already a guide. I feel like the Grinch of the, the, my heart. You're a guide who doesn't guide. Yeah. I, I'd probably say that was one of the... the the coolest experiences for me. Flanner, coolest thing you did this summer. Other know. than going to Turnpike Troubadours. It might be tonight, man. Week. I don't know. Tonight's still young. <laughs> 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 I mean, look at the stars, dude. Like, amazing. Perfect night. Yeah, and I'm still going to throw a big old jerk bait. Uh, yeah, I'm going to catch up a big, for those fish big ones. They're totally hitting the free. I mean, it, I don't know. It's definitely in the running. Paddle Don? Well, like I said, I, I concentrated a lot on working this last year. But I did have a, a a new acquisition, so to speak. But down in southern Indiana, is, uh, the, the largest falls in Indiana is Cataract Falls. And it's a set of two falls that are probably 20, 22 feet high, separated by a few hundred yards. But just upstream from there, um, my family bought a camper and a year-round campsite and have... Uh, you know, have everything set up up there. It's been nice to be able to just get away and get down there, float the uh, float Mill Creek a couple times down to the falls. So it's been nice to have a, a reliable getaway to get to. Just hope nobody burns it down. <laughs> yeah, that's not likely to happen there. I guess South Africa had to be my big one, but everybody's heard about that already. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got to take my daughter Annabelle to see Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. That was cool. And then uh, my older daughter went to college. Like that's that's big, man. Flanner, you've been there when uh, yeah your daughter went away it's, to school. Yeah, it's, like, it's emotional, man. Like it, it kind of takes the wind out of you, yeah. doesn't it? So she, up. she's just down the road at Mizzou and loving it, but. She what's what's the ratio for, every night. for yeah. staying in the dorm and staying at like home? Love having kids She's only stayed at home helps. maybe twice, I think. Really? She comes by, but because um, she's know. in classes now, right? School starts. Oh yeah, we all went to the football game, to the first game of the season. She was there, like over in the student section, all dressed like a Mizzou person in her outfitted gear, you oh, know, that's cool. and, and yellow jeans. Yeah, it was it was like really cool to see her like embracing. The college life. So I guess that was the biggest thing. Bailey going to college. This summer's just been more special for me, especially after the stroke of just getting to do it. Being able to be able. I'm sure it makes you appreciate it a little bit too, man. 100%, man. Yeah, Yeah, I got to say, it's good to to be here next to you, man. This is the first time I've seen you since then. It's been a while, but... uh, I am so help, so thankful to have you here. It's 
Well, I appreciate we, that. We all just love the fact that you yeah. uh, recuperated I'm, the way you have. I'm thankful I'm here too, <laughs> not, not being pushed. <laughs> I don't know, in a, dude. In a wheelchair. Yeah, I kind of wanted. Fish, I wanted to fish Dry Run Creek. Dry Run Creek. <laughs> I mean, couldn't you have faked it for a month or so? Like, just in time, we could have got that permit. Man, I think it was back, that was kind of selfish you to recover so scary, fast. Man. Yeah, it was pretty bad, man. I got got really lucky. Pretty yeah. pretty nuts. I, I even got to meet a couple of people that have had strokes like years ago that still aren't the same. And yeah, just scary. Well, yeah, if you could, if you were staying in that state that you were in, like oh yeah, yeah, well, I wouldn't yeah, have been able to work. I wouldn't person, have been able yeah. to do anything. I was a mess. Yeah. I couldn't even draw a dick, remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we tried to make you laugh. It's like, no. If, you're, if you don't know <laughs> that story really quickly, when I was in the hospital, uh, like so in the funny. worst of it, I couldn't communicate. I could barely move. I was just laying in a hospital bed staring at the ceiling. And Brandon noticed that I could hear everyone. I was comprehending things. And he was like, you can hear us, right? I nodded yes. He's like, you know what we're saying? I nodded yes. You just can't get it out. And I nodded yes. And he goes, do you think you could write it down? And that was the first time it dawned on me, like, I might be able to. So I nodded yes. (laughs) And they brought me a clipboard with a blank piece of paper and a pen. And I stood there or laid there and just stared at this thing, like just trying to scribble, like just trying to get my right hand to move towards the thing. And our buddy Josh Ryan leaned in and just goes, hey, man just draw a dick and in my mind i'm like i can't even draw a dick what's my life gonna be like i started to well up i cried because it was it was sinking in at that moment of holy cow your life is gonna be a lot different like how are you gonna provide i mean it's it was scary but but now we're here and on our fancy smithfly rafts and i feel like i'm finally getting this river down where i don't have to walk it through every well it's funny i think for me is I kind of forget that that even happened because you just seem so normal. Yeah. And I I don't know, I guess a lot of like traumatic experiences can be like that with a little bit of time and normalcy, put it out of your mind. So it's like somebody has to remind me at this point that that even happened to you because there's truly like no obvious effects. No, no. And I'm, and I'm pretty proud of myself too of, I made some health changes. The last time I smoked a cigarette or had a dip was the day of the stroke. And we're eating healthier and we're exercising. I I made Savannah throw out all the salt shakers in the house. We don't use any salt on anything and just really working on keeping the blood pressure down. And uh, I would say leave my stress levels down, but that that doesn't ever work. (laughs) Well, sitting here tonight, it's down. Thank you. Yeah. We uh, could have lost you on that, but thank God you're yeah, sitting here next to us. Very scary. But we did uh, we did wake up to some news this morning to make it a little bit of current events thrown in here. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett died. And, uh, man, I mean, that, that hit. That hit home. I've seen him a bunch of times. It's just such. You're a parrot head? I was, I'm, a, I'm a parrot head out nice. in the crowd. So we should be playing right now in the background. And, uh you know, it's just such that's that whole culture, that whole positive vibe. It's kind of the same vibe we were having on the water today. And uh, coming down here, and, and while I was waiting on a uh, shuttle to get there and you guys to get done with your meeting, I took a drive around Montauk Park, and it was like this 
giant ode to Jimmy Buffett going on. I think every little radio I passed, every little Bluetooth speaker was playing Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I know Buffett we, we all played him today. You, honestly, but uh, man, it's sad to see him go. Man, Jimmy, you know everybody knows him from the concerts in Margaritaville, but he what I think life. is cool is there's yeah. there's a like a, a crew that yeah. was not only Jimmy Buffett, but Jim Harrison, Thomas McGuane, Russell Chatham, uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. I mean, this whole crew in the 70s. There's a film called Tarpon. And yeah. it's, it's about them down in the Keys in the 70s, just before Key West became commercialized. And, you know, they're down there fly fishing for Tarpon, partying, eating good. I mean, just living the life. and You used to have that VHS. You'd always put it on at the cabin. It was a DVD. Was it a DVD of yeah. it? I remember that it, was like... It's gone now, but I can get another one, I guess. One of the first things. I loved it. But they, now, Kyle, MOC Kyle Stewart, yeah. who's been on the podcast, he uh, sent me an Instagram message that there's another film like that, and they were using clips of Tarpon, and it's a Thomas McGuane story. Because, you know, Harrison's gone now. Jimmy Buffett's gone now. Chatham's gone now. Um, so Thomas McGuane's like the last man standing out of that crew. Made me, th- like, think about our crew, too, you know? Yep. Like, we got people named Shags, Peldon, <laughs> Flanner. You know? It's pretty fun. Well, I'll be pretty happy if I can make it to 78 like he did. 76. Yes. Oh, it was 76. Yeah. And anything over 75. That was kind of a surprise. I mean, he looked, ha- like, happy and healthy, and uh, they said he was trying to schedule, reschedule some shows in the spring. They didn't give a reason why he died. He had uh, gone into the hospital and kept it private, um, said it was an undisclosed illness and that was the last i heard that's why i was shocked this morning yeah because i didn't realize that it, it was that dire and that was back in the summertime i put his essentials on the radio and floated the first hour today listening to it what's your favorite jimmy buffett song i don't know it that well to be honest with you i had a roommate in college bryce i'll give bryce cornwell a shout out he was a hardcore parrothead i mean i just know his two biggest hits son of a sailor son of a sailor is good that's i like my, that's uh, how a pirate looks at 40 yeah. yeah pirate looks at 40 is up there for me too. That's i'm gonna find my speaker you should play some we gotta you know finish this, this podcast Tim. <laughs> huh? <laughs> we gotta finish the podcast. podcast i apologize <laughs> for how DJ. much noise i've been making over here hanging my mic blowing in my mic i can't uh, wait to throw my, mic, throw my mic down eight times except i had a, had a bite <laughs> Because we, I'm not a good podcast guy. Sorry. When we when we do the portable <laughs> ones like this, we don't have the we can't hear in our headsets. So I don't know how this is all going to mix until well afterwards when so I'm sorry, when I'm listeners. editing it. So I'm I'm actually kind of excited to I'm a rookie. put this one in so I can <laughs> hear Flanner over there the whole time just chattering. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that's what gravel. Yeah, our campouts are all just me. about man having a good time and so you mentioned our Smith Fly rafts, man. We've talked about them quite a few times, but when you're out here in them, you know, loaded down with all the gear for the overnights and it's spread out, like I'm in mine by myself, so it's like running down the river in a Cadillac. I got all my gear spread out and organized. Yeah, my nice. rods are protected in my bounce, rod holder. Just bounce on shit, don't matter. 
Give that's me. what gets me, man. That's where I have to be a little more careful. Kayak. Man, they're just, they're the best. I'll never go back. Yeah, it's how the, could you? It's the only thing I'll I'll take on small water. Yeah. You know, I wrote my column this week about this is the perfect time of year to float. It's hot enough in the daytime to swim. The fishing's good. good Gravel bar camping is perfect because it's cold at night. Uh, this is the time to do it, but the Ozarks are where we're spending most of our time doing it because we have access to your embassy, mm-hmm. uh, where we all have diplomatic immunity. Amen. But we need to get out west and hit a few more places. You know, we need to go out to Brigman's place. We're going to do that when we hunt. We'll yeah. take our rafts with us. I'm game. And we'll run the uh, the Rio Grande while we're doing that hunt. But we need to go to Thermopolis and Riverton and float the Wind River, do the Wind River Canyon. Well, I'd love to get out there and see Jesse, too, in New Mexico. And yeah. What is that, the Rio? Float that, float that and fish with him. That would be great. You just run out of... Days, man. You run out of days and vacation. They only give you so many vac- well, PTO days. Be your own yeah. boss. Yeah. Haven't seen much action over there in the glow no, sticks lately. Down. I was going to go check them, I think. Well, I'm going to finish this podcast before I walk out there and reel everything in. How and much cast time it back we got out. left? Yeah. We're at 38 minutes. Jesus Christ. I do apologize. <laughs> this is all staying in, man. You don't have to, you can keep apologizing all you want. Sorry, listeners. I'm not the most sober person talking on the mic. <laughs> Our experience. Can, this is like a behind the, the scenes episode. No, we can a, let Flynn or DJ the last man. 10 minutes. I, I just like how he's apologizing. He's becoming the star of the podcast. I don't know what he's apologizing for. Yeah, he, he's the one saving it right now. He's carrying it, doing all the heavy lifting. Well, if this is heavy lifting, man. I can I guess I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> if this is heavy lifting. Yeah. Consider me a bodybuilder. Oh man, Savannah, what was your favorite thing you did this summer? I think it was our Paramore weekend. Oh, that was fun. Going up so and fun. seeing Paramore in St. Louis and the Linda Lindas. But I liked the whole thing. I liked the on the way yeah we antiqued on the way up to st louis yeah we stayed at the um what's the train station down there is uh, it union, union station, station in st louis yeah yeah, yeah we big ferris so wheel yeah we splurged yeah. for a fancy hotel room for date night in st louis to watch paramore that i bought at um brooklyn's fundraiser our buddy josh's daughter who's battling cancer and man i hope I, sh- I probably shouldn't ride. The radio station tickets suck. Dude, I needed a Sherpa to get all the way <laughs> up to those seats. Hmm. Like, I think I was higher up than uh, freaking Bezos's spaceship. <laughs> it was insane. I was getting dizzy. I was so high. But then, uh, you'll appreciate this. Then I went down to the main level, and uh, I told her, I was like, we're just going to walk out. And every time they kick us out, we'll go to the next one. We'll just act like we're looking for our seats. And then if they they go, hey, can I help you? I'm like, oh, no, hey, babe, we're on the next one. So we'd come out there and wait for security to say something to us. And, dude, we watched, like, the whole show in some of the best seats in the house. That was fun. Man, something that I'm happy about this summer um, for my work at Raceline, created Prairie Profits, we talked about a little bit. Well, I'm I'm excited that it's actually going to go to television. Looks like it's going to be on RFD TV, which is kind of like the outdoor channel for farmers. Um, RFD TV starting in January, and then the Prairie Profits podcast is going to transition to a Sirius XM radio show 
on rural radio. So oh, wow. if you care about, you know, I like to call it the intersection of agriculture, conservation, and renewable energy. If you're interested in any of that, you might check out Prairie Profits. It's on YouTube right now. Also, uh, prairieprofits.com. But it'll be a television show and uh, actual radio show. That's super exciting. I want to say thank you, too, for you coming on board with that True North Radiothon and Prairie Profits being our online sponsor, man. Yeah. I, that meant a lot. I appreciate it. Well, that's one thing about working at Raceline. It's a very uh, charitable organization, and supporting True North was something we were proud to do. That's super cool. Dude, did you see the Missouri Department of Conservation share to Prairie Profits? Well, that's because that one that episode started in their uh, Kirksville Nature Center with uh, one of the private lands guys, one of the managers up there. And we talked about prairie habitat being really important for turkeys. So we talked about like doing private land conservation work with Steve Mowry. And then uh, they talked about how MDC provides assistance in all those ways. So I'm glad they shared it. It was definitely very um informative about how the mdc private land system works oh so that's what it takes yeah we can't we we interview their director and they still won't share our share our content (laughs) even when we have her on the podcast i saw that i was like oh man so i appreciate them doing that yeah because they got quite the social media following for sure wind's picking up Flander, when are we going to get some sweet new Driftwood Outdoors merch, man? Like, we'd, we've never really had anything available. We need to get that done. Yeah, man. You made up some prototypes. Like, let's hold, we could, let's throw a date out, and I want to hold you to it. Time and motivation. There was a few shirt, shirts sold, because uh, it's the state of things around here when you're an unpaid pro staffer. you got to get online and buy your own T-shirt. So yeah, I, know there was two, I know there was two sold. If you're talking about the gravel bar camp, that was a hunt to eat thing. No, no. He, he came out with the Drifted Outdoors, the trout one. He had that on. I got the trout one, and I got the retro-looking blue we, one. We with have the, the store. That freaking website is so frustrating of trying to get that in there and the slider. Well, when you're an unpaid pro staffer, you can uh, you can That's buy right, your own just like everybody animals. else. There you go. <laughs> we got a union, right? That's why we just need a couple of more sponsorships. If you're listening, we need just a little bit. We need a little bit of money to pay someone to do all this, since we all have full-time jobs. Because we start projects, we're just not very good at sticking with them and seeing them through to the end. That'll make people confident to give you money. Like that? <laughs> what a salesman, right? You know he's not on the elevator. He's definitely, he's definitely not on the sales That's side. That's my elevator oh. speech right there. Yeah, that was too funny. That was awesome. Sold. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm behind. I'm, I do the editing. Oh man, Brandon's yeah. our sales guy. You have to edit a lot. This one, man. I'm not editing anything else. That's what's made. That's going to make this one even better. Yeah, a behind the scenes. A yeah, gravel bar behind the scenes. Well, let's all do a sales pitch then to try to convince people. Like you got not come here. Ninety seconds to. Well, I think talk up driftwood on why when we I hear when I hear from people about why they like our podcast, it's because. 
We have a really good back and forth between the two of us. And then we bring on interesting guests that are relatable to this part of the world. You know, we're, we're pretty focused on Missouri and the surrounding states. We do travel and, and have some exciting trips to Africa or wherever that we talk about. Uh, but mostly it's things you can do here in the Midwest. Our friends are from Indiana and all over the state of Missouri. So it's it's very relatable. We're also incredibly consistent. The only thing we've ever missed was when Shags had a stroke. So we were able to take the great strokeation, which mm-hmm. there's a whole podcast about. Uh, my newspaper column comes out every every week as a blog. You know, haven't missed a week since 2006. So, you know, we definitely don't have the social media chops that some of the... Uh, younger generations are good at that's something I wish we had a better handle on but We're again old. that yeah we don't want to do that <laughs> like so we need help there uh, I have to be reminded to take pictures out here just while I'm fishing yeah. Yeah, if our newsletter could come out every week take a few you know so if we had a little bit more money we could hire somebody to you know do those things on a regular basis and you and I could just continue to produce the content all right, pedaled on. Elevator speech. Driftwood Outdoors. Well, if you pay me, I'd do it. <laughs> Sold. 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 There's my speech. And, then, and this is uh, why we suck. <laughs> and that's why Tim stays on un- an unpaid yeah. pro yeah. That's why we don't pick up mic Damn. at all. Uh, you can cut this if you want, but uh, you know that's why I'll dan- I'm dancing in my chair here because... I mean, we were proud to be a sponsor for the, for the the last year uh, at my job, and uh, you know, you guys moved on to bigger and better stuff, and uh, you know, more stuff that's related, more relatable to you. But uh, you know, we were proud to get the the Mongo name out there for a year because we do a lot of work with land management uh, folks. That, you know, guys that own um, well, we've become big with uh, the mountain bike const- trail construction companies. Uh, one of our products has been really helpful to them, so uh, we're helping build mountain bike trails all over the country right now. But, uh, um, you know, the guys that have small farms and stuff like that um, use our stuff, so that's why we got with you guys for a year, and I was so happy um, to, to be able to be associated for that year. Um, I wish we could continue it. I'd love to be able to continue it. Um, well, that wasn't a dig on you and yeah, no, no, no. I don't, and I don't didn't take Dude, it as that. I just I'm in the precarious, the not precarious, just a unique situation of, you know, I, it, it was well worth our money. We yeah. loved it. Um, it's you know, it's a proud association, and uh, it put our brand in front of a lot of people that, um, you know, your market is everybody we're trying to sell to, but we're in completely different markets. Yeah, so. It was a it was a really good mix in my eyes. I was happy to be associated. Kind of like how Brandon had even mentioned too. The thing I find unique about this one is we don't do super deep dives, but it's all entertaining and it's all different. And we try to do a little bit of everything. I think I think we represent uh, the sportsmen's and conservationists really well. I like and the fact we, that we have. People like Al Linder. Yeah, with your connection. Dance. That's what I was going to say. But at the same time, we have a lot of people you've never heard of. and Like Tim uh, Flanner and Paddle Don. Yeah, well, normally people like that know something <laughs> about something. 
yeah. those people Thanks. that you've never heard of that end up being like super interesting. Like Janet that paddled all the rivers. I mean, people love that podcast. That's one of my favorites. She is fascinating. If you haven't listened to that one, you just stop what you're doing and go, was it three rivers, one woman yeah. or something like that? Part one and part two. We need to start having some people back on too, because the podcast has evolved. You know, we've evolved in how we deliver it. But Brett Defer, he just came out with a, a poetry book. I saw that. I wrote the foreword for it. Oh, like, really? So I'm in in the book, or maybe not the foreword, but like a foreword, I think. I don't know where he placed it, but he printed it, and I can't wait to get a copy. So guys like that that are so interesting, it seems like, well, they've been on the podcast, but we forget that that's almost five years ago yep. that he was on the podcast. Well, there's other people you've had on that, uh, you know, me not being from Missouri, that I probably would have not... Um, been aware of and uh, you know the most interesting man in Missouri podcast was uh, you know that was that was an, an amazing podcast to me and it still stands out you're talking about Mark Van, Van Patten, Patten. Yep. we were trying to get him on again right now but he's so busy being the head ranger down here that uh, he's, he's too the busiest busy. retired guy I've ever he's seen he's not retired anymore speaking of not retired anymore my dad got a job what? yeah He's the starter at the golf course now. Like you have, you have to check in with him at the first hole. He's Are like, you the one fifteen? He's yeah. I'm sorry, sir. It's only one fourteen. Sorry, you're you have please to wait. come back in a minute. <laughs> He's so excited that he you know he gets his uh, golf membership for free next year. Oh wow! That'd be a nice job. How many, how many days that? of the week does he have to be out there? I don't know, but he's like Mr. Golf Course now. It's pretty funny. Oh, I bet he loves that. He does. He gives him something to do. He gets to talk to all the people that come up there. Runs a tight ship, I imagine, though. Yeah, it was good. It was cool getting to see him again when he was down here. What, what, down here helping move Bailey in, right? Yeah, he came for that. He, uh, he watched him and my mom came while I was in South Africa. Oh, that's I mean, to that's watch when the girls. I saw him. So they're coming back, and because I'm going to Montana on my moose hunt. So that's really come together too. I've uh, I'm working on some sponsors for the Moose Hunt. I'm going to do a film. Nathaniel Maddox and I, Silencer Central has signed on as a sponsor of the film. Um, I'm working with a couple other companies that I feel are real close, and I've got quite a bit lined up for the hunt. We've actually got a helicopter available. We can fly and film the valley with a helicopter. Um, Jesse Dubell's coming up from New Mexico to do the hunt with me. I'm so excited about that. It's going to be a long drive out there, 24 hours. Uh, just, Is Milo going? I don't know. Because no, I talked He's, to him, man. He blew his back out. Yeah, I, I, he, he, he wants to go. I kind of get the feeling he won't be able to do it. So um, That's coming up, right? Yeah, this so month? I, man, I'm so busy this month. I'm going out to hunt with Will Jimeno. Uh, People might remember Will. He's been on the podcast. He is a survivor of the World Trade Center collapse. That's another podcast that you've got to go listen to. One of like two people that were pulled out of the World Trade Center alive. He's a good friend of mine. Got him a buck here in Missouri. I'm going out to shoot a deer in New Jersey. I'm behind, man, on my 50 and 50 by 50. The last couple of years have been tough. And uh, so I'm getting New Jersey. And then I got to come back. I'm home for a few days. I got to go to Savannah, Georgia. I'm on the board of directors now of the American Biogas Council, which is the national trade organization for the biogas industry. And then the day I get back from Savannah, I turn and burn for Montana. And I've taken two weeks. I've got two weeks. And talking to an outfitter out there, 
who's not able to physically help me because he's he's got a medical problem but he's like helping me with information and, and connections and being a very kind and generous man so I feel like with two weeks he thinks I should be able to find a respectable moose he said there's always a chance that an absolute giant, giant. comes out of Glacier yeah, I don't want to jinx you, but you've had some pretty good luck going out west and getting some trophy. I hunt hard animals. when I get out there, man. Like, there's no. It's like you fishing down here. You know, that's why I like to sit in the lawn chair and watch you fish. I'm good sitting here talking to Savannah. Fishing doesn't hit me the way it hits you, but hunting is that for me. You yeah. Know, like when you flip the switch, like I'm going hard until that moose is on the ground, no matter how many days. Yeah, it it's good to be fishing on a night like this by a fire and poles in the water oh dude speaking of hunting and look at the moon like the moon's coming up over the over the hill it's like orange dude it's that is awesome. pretty badass yeah that, that moon sweet. coming through the trees there but, but, that'd be a sweet picture see I, she paid me I'd go up and take that picture right there <laughs> <laughs> how much you talking uh, um you can get my next beer alright deal you're hired Okay, I better get it before it moves. Yeah, better go get that picture. It's coming up fast. But uh, speaking of hunting, Uncle Steve is coming back out to deer hunt, and Spurgeon's got him on a farm down in, in St. James. So we were joking that I was going to unleash him and let him do his walk and cruise and all the stuff he likes to do, and I was just going to sit down and read a book or something in a corner. And I'll end up shooting a big old buck because uh, it comes walking out. I hope to God you shoot a buck within 550 yards of your uncle. Because that's how far the buck was from your uncle that I mm. shot last year that you called his buck, even though it was trying. You had to sit there and me- you even measure it out? I know how far it is across my property from point to point. It's corner to corner. I don't know. He told me that thing fell at his feet. Nope. It fell 550 yards away from him. And it was leaving the property in the opposite direction of him. So but you're going to shoot one within 200 yards of him. If I end up shooting one, it down. then we're going to have to keep bringing him back out because he's good luck. Yeah, that's right. We he'll just, he'll just never get one. Get one. Yeah, we'll just... he's, the, he's the new Eric Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Eric. Oh, poor Eric. I, I want to offer Eric the opportunity to come sit in my redneck blind on my property and shoot a buck. Like yes, I, man. What is he up he to? I miss it. that guy. He's a good dude, man. He's, uh, he's just firefighting i'll tell you children looking for a career firefighting like that guy you know he's on what is it you're on for like 24 on 48 off I believe. yeah he's off he's almost always off and then you sit at the firehouse now don't get me wrong i know there's some real danger and some heroic stuff that they do but in between that there's a lot of playing pool and cooking and watching tv and reading books and Waiting for the alarm to sound. Polishing fire trucks. Yeah. And then you got two days off. And untold amount of vacation on top of it. And they make good money. And chicks dig firefighters. Yeah, and you can get in a calendar and everything. Right. <laughs> Firefighting kind of runs in my family. It's uh, right now my nephew and my niece's husband. And uh, good Lord, there's... Uh, 
two, three cousins. Um, it seems like that's the family trade. I didn't follow into that. I, dry, I tried, but uh, the whole in Indiana, you have to be in before your 36th birthday. And I got motivated a little too late. So here I am doing Mongo stuff. But everybody else in my family has, has been in the, uh, has been firefighters. And uh, it's a, it's a sacrifice, but they also all, everyone have a darn good side hustle. Yeah. Well, and you can retire relatively early, can't you? Yep. Get your 20 in. 20 in? Dude, that'd be the way to go. I have a good friend of mine in my, we're at the town where I'm living now that just retired from the fire department and it became the, uh, the local karaoke DJ. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's kind of a trip, but he's, he's doing a good job. It's, it's hard to get used to that uh, change in lifestyle, but he's doing it like doing karaoke. Yeah, there you go. So on the bad news front, man, my family's favorite all-time restaurant, Tony's Place in Valparaiso, mm. Indiana, closed. This pizza place had been open for 68 years. Uh, I can't tell you how many times we went there to eat for special occasions, you know, wedding parties after people died graduations after football games you name it there was always some some reason to go to tony's my parents went there on their first date in the late 60s it was just our family restaurant and a couple of weeks ago it closed down they did an auction with everything in there so they were selling the barn wood off the walls i was able to buy like a three-quarter of a circle corner booth that our family used to sit in and eat all the time. So I got the, the booth, and then the booth next to it, a table with six chairs, and I'm going to recreate that corner from the restaurant with barn wood and everything in my new shop. And then I got them to make me two uh, extra-large deep-dish sausage mushroom pepperoni pizzas, and I'm going to cook them for Christmas for my family and have them in the Tony's booths for one last time. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because... You- How'd you get on food, man? How'd I get what? How'd you get on food topic? Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about, like, current events in our life, you, you know? know? We went, to, we went to Tony's, Tony's once. Big one. Yeah. You, Brandon and I, we were uh, picking up pizzas for a conference we were at, and... Uh, they started to hand us pizzas and these pizza boxes said do not stack and I got to tell you you know each one it's true Chicago style pizza that stuff was each pizza probably weighed 12 pounds at least it felt like it oh there's at least a quarter inch cheese it, yeah it's so people mistakenly think Chicago yes. pizza is like a lot of bread and it's not it's a lot of toppings yeah. a lot of cheese the deep dish is essentially a pie crust that's brought up over the side of a inch deep inch and a half deep pan so it's almost like a biscuit around the top so it's it's more like a pie than a pizza then you fill up the toppings what tony's did so well was they like ground their sausage and it was mixed in with the red sauce they used fennel and onions and garlic so you had this incredible meat-based sauce and then they'd layer on just chunks and chunks of toppings and then dump a quarter inch of cheese over it so when you pulled up a piece of pizza when it was hot I mean, there was just no cutting it it was always going to be melting together you had to use a fork and knife to get it to your plate it was amazing whoa whoa, whoa. you see that i did see that 
But those, those are the pizzas like Derek would bring to deer camp and stuff, right? From mm-hmm. back home? Yeah. Yeah. Just when I got dry. Oh, that's dancing. Yeah, I saw that too. That one on the right is definitely bouncing. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm waiting for that thing just to bury. Uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm, it's gonna get it. It's gonna have to bury for me to get up and go get it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like totally dry right now. To me to go. That boat's that moving side to side. There. I think that I think that might have something to do with it too. A dragon, dragging those weights back and forth. Yeah. It, uh, Something's hitting it, though, for sure. Except for that first time when I ran out there. That was definitely a hit. Yeah. That thing dropped a foot. Definitely a hit. Oh, here, let me ask you this, because we don't have a mystery bait bucket question, but um, Michael Collins had sent me a message asking me Wait, this. Michael Collins, who sent you a bunch of flies but didn't send me any flies? He said he was going to send them to you, too, but, I mean, I wouldn't... Maybe they got lost in the mail. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. He called him Mike the whole time, and he told you he, he hated that. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I don't remember. Remember that fishing trip he called Mike? Oh, then you, oh yeah. I was well, trying was the hard. Whole, the whole podcast. No, yeah. his flies he ties are. Oh man, he's poetry. An he's an artist. Like yeah. I don't even know how to describe them. It's just art. I don't even want to fish with them. They look so good. The one that he sent me made out of skunk. I'm not going to fish with it. Dude. I've actually got it hung on the monitor that I use. It like it, it just the hook fit over the monitor top, so I just leave it there hanging on my on my monitor. I love it. Did you see the one he just posted about the like the bluegill, the long-eared bluegill fly he tied? No, that thing was just amazing. But he had asked about chili and do you consider what was it like white chicken chili actual chili so this store is going to food too then huh there's more there's plenty more pasta over there flanner no i'm good i'm I'm just i'm good we're going back to food again yeah i I like i I like white chicken chili it's like the really only chili i'll eat so i'll be on team it is chili i know michael does not believe that like i think shredded chicken beans and spice and meat and a pot then yeah it can be chili it's yeah. chicken instead of beef oh no it tastes good and you put a bunch of <laughs> chilies in it and it so it has that spice to it i like white chicken chili are you a chili purist pedal don i could appreciate all of them but when i cook it for myself i'm the i tend to stick to the more traditional recipes i but, like a sweet chili i like a like i, I like venison chili but I like it to be real sweet, and I can't wait to have moose chili. That's going to be amazing. But would you consider, like, white chicken chili to be chili? Well, I mean, yeah, it identifies as chili. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. As of now. I don't know how I feel about it now. That's funny. That's how I feel about it. I mean, I like the traditional stuff. Um, I don't I don't use hamburger in my chili. I cook down stew meat or steak. And do that more of a pulled steak style chili, and uh, like that's kind of. I'm making chili. it. I'm making it my way, and that's what I use. Man, I was disappointed in my boiler makers today. Opening up, losing to Fresno State. I'm really. I thought, I, I thought Fresno State was also always a solid. They're pretty good, I guess. Like I, don't, small, I don't know mid major. They're a mid major. Producing the Big Ten. Like, yeah. But I'll tell you, I'm I'm becoming. I mean, with season tickets now for the second year to Mizzou, me being a graduate of Mizzou, my kid being at Mizzou, I'm definitely feeling feeling the love for Mizzou football, and they look good on Thursday night. 
Well, they were also playing South Dakota. Like Which you, is about Fresno State. No. Yes. Fresno State is much better than South Dakota. No way. I mean, historically, I don't know. South Dakota's this year. One double A, right? But Fresno like, State is in with like Pepperdine and. Right? Yeah, Pepperdine, who's always a perennial powerhouse in the college football but ranking. I, I said the mid. I, I said like a. You mentioned one double A. They're Division I One. They're I think I'm finally giving up on Purdue. I'm just going to be a Mizzou football fan. I'll be curious to see how this season turns out. Their schedule is not easy. No. Some, Nobody in the SEC has an easy schedule, Some are though. predicting Mizzou only winning two games this year. Yeah, but some are predicting they'll win eight. It's yeah, just that's just throwing true. darts. Yeah, NIL, NIL changed everything. Luther like, Burden's tough, man. Like, he's he's got a potential to be a national star. Before we wrap it up, Shags, I mean... Did I, I win the bet? You didn't. You haven't caught one yet. Well, no. I mean, you said tonight. Well, so I meant like tonight during the podcast. Well, that's not what you said, though. You said tonight. <laughs> Do you want to bet that you don't catch one before we end the podcast? Because no, we're wrapping up now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what but I meant. You said, that, dude, that moon is coming up, and oh, it's so gonna, perfect. Yes, it's gonna be on. Yeah, you just wait. Yep, that's what. Yeah. That's a fishing moon right there. If I've ever seen one. Yep, it's gonna light up. So, no, you don't win that bet, but that's going to stay out there as long as I'm up. Don, you want to brag at all about the bets you beat me beat me on this year? I've been bragging all weekend. I know, but not on the podcast. Not on the podcast. I'll let you tell the story. You tell it so much better. Purdue lost twice to IU last year. <laughs> which cost me a dinner at a fancy steakhouse. San Elmo's in Indianapolis and Yonko's in Bloomington. Number one team in the nation, number one player in the nation, gets swept by the lowly Hoosiers. You go all in on that Purdue basketball. Oh, and man, it's so boy, good. I've been, I've been burned in the past believing your hype in my I my bracket, <laughs> so I always have them losing in the second round now. Here, here I'm going to say it. They're going to run the table. <laughs> undefeated this year we had this discussion first, yeah, yesterday morning it'll be crazy that purdue becomes the second team ever to do it since it was iu that was the only team ever to do it yeah the 76 iu championship team what was it 33 and oh it if it were to happen it would be cool that oh. IU would share it with them if yeah like, if those two schools share God, it, hope purdue it and IU, the great rivalry the, the indiana legends that the two undefeated teams so we've got the entire starting five returning with Zach Eady, who was the National Player of the Year last year, is now the preseason National Player of the Year this year. And when I was at Purdue, uh, there was a football player named Roosevelt Colvin. He went to the league, played professional. His son is now going to be a freshman on the basketball team, and this kid is a stud. It's like what we didn't have. So now we've got you know, a real cerebral point guard, a good wing shooter, and then a three that can, like a Scotty Pippen, man. He can do anything. He's muscular and built for a freshman. And then you got Edie in the middle. Like, mark my words, Purdue, undefeated. Undefeated national champions. Mark his words. Which that's what people in Missouri want to hear on their podcast is Purdue talk. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up a diehard IU fan. Did you go to there. IU, or are you just a Hoosier no, fan? No, I grew up in Bloomington, and my dad, see, he had uh, season tickets for uh, for the IU uh, basketball games, and I was there for all those monumental games because it was my dad and my mom had a set, and then another friend of mine's parents had a set, 
it had never worked out that all four could go to the game at the same time. So Brian and I, who actually just retired from the Honolulu Police Department, um, he ended up going to, to University of Hawaii and playing ball down there. But we grew up at the IU games. And I was there for uh, Uwe Blop flipping off night and getting benched. I was there, you know, for the whole 81 season. Uh, the 87 You were season. there when Bobby Knight threw the chair across the court. The, the picture of Knight throwing the chair, it's all blurry in the background, but I can point exactly where I was behind him. No kidding. Um, I was there when he threw the chair. Do you have that picture blown up in a frame with a giant circle and like an arrow pointed at you? No, but I have circled it in, in with the uh, phone editor and sent it to people before. I know that, that white blob is my white <laughs> IU shirt. We were just above... If you're uh, if you're looking at the picture, we're just above and to the left, right above his shoulder, was where our season tickets were. Huh. But yeah, that's so. It was you know I grew up a rabbit IU fan. My dad would pull the couch around square to the TV, and have it about eight feet back with a a, a table in front of him with his snacks and his uh, his program for the game, and he he lived it. He lived that was his thing. And I grew up around it, and I appreciate it. It was uh, so neat to see Knight coach in his heyday. Um, you know, that guy could extract things from most players that uh, a lot of other coaches couldn't do. And he did it by squeezing their necks really hard. Really hard. Flanner, hang on a second, man, so we can wrap it up. Well, we'll do our final thoughts and end it. We're letting Flanner just be Flanner. All right. Yeah, yeah, go out there and catch a fish, dude. He's he's watching his. Well, he's, I don't want to watch- make sure he's on there before I walk in that cold water. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. We're we're still watching glow sticks. We're still just staring at glow sticks. This is how I'm gonna spend the next two hours staring at a glow <laughs> stick. Well, what are the final thoughts? The final cast of the podcast. Nor I'd rather be man than on this gravel bar. It is so good to be on this gravel bar. I love you guys. I'm, I wouldn't want to be out here with anybody else. Love you too, big Love guy. you too, man. This is, uh, this is a special place, and uh, every time I come here, it gets more special and you know, the, builds the bonds with us. Gear Review, coming up next. Time for the Driftwood Outdoors Gear Review. Into the podcast, beginning of a gear review. Brandon, what are you reviewing for us today? A Monte Cristo cigar. Oh, it smells so good. I picked this up at the Boy Scout shoot that we regained the title. Yeah. We forgot to talk about that. How are we not mentioning that? We regained the title. Trevor and his fifth partner. Trevor is like a revolving door of partners. <laughs> Me and you, consistency, we, we lost day one. once. But we, the belt is back where it belongs, baby. And they were giving out cigars, and I snatched a Monte Cristo. And I thought, you know, I'm going to smoke it on the gravel bar. So I've been sitting here through this podcast, yeah, so good, burning mm-hmm. it down. And, uh, you know, not something I do regularly, but a good cigar now and again. Sitting here watching the fire and the stars and talking to you gentlemen. I, w- I wish I could be just a... A cigar guy here and there, but I've learned that the hard way too many times of being nicotine free for like long periods of time, a year. And be like, you know what? I can do a cigar on the gravel bar, and then I'm buying a pack of smokes when I get off. I just can't do it. I'm jealous, but it does smell good. My gear review is the Hedon Zara Spook. Hedon Zara Spook. 
Is it Heden or Hedden? Heden's a little different. Hedden Zarespook. I've always called it Heden, but I always I call Rapala's Rapala, and some people call them Rapala's. So but it's Rapala is the right. Al Linder told us it's Rapala. Yeah, that's true. Well, the Zarespook. I bought it because it was in rainbow trout pattern, and I thought it would be super cool to get a brown trout to blow up on it at night. And I threw it right at dusk for quite some time. and Caught a sun perch. Yeah, I caught one of them crazy sun perch. Those things, the... It was like half the size of the... The balls on those things, man. He came up and (laughs) hammered that thing as soon as it landed. Smack. But once we end uh, this podcast, I'm going to go throw a giant top water to see if I can get a big brown to come up and wallop on it. I got to end this podcast on a little somber note and say uh, sincere condolences and prayers to the Hayes family of Blue Bank Resort at Real Foot Lake. You, you know, and many people know that Real Foot Lake is one of the places my love of the outdoors began. My grandfather grew up around there. And Blue Bank Resort has been a staple in my life for 30 years. Uh, Mike Hayes, his, his sons, the family, his mother, they've, they've been on real foot advocating for that special lake for generations. And Mike went too soon, 63 years old. Many people have met him at sports shows in Indianapolis, Chicago, all over Cincinnati, Memphis, all over the Midwest. He was a, a real ambassador for fishing, a real ambassador for real foot. I, I'm sure his sons will carry on the business, but he was a good guy, good for the sport of fishing, and he'll be missed. So with that, we will see you down the trail. Early mornings, long nights, cold, heat, wind, and so many other factors can stand between a sportsman and the trophy they're pursuing. That's why it's so gratifying when it all comes together. To preserve that special memory, sportsmen often turn to a taxidermist. At Driftwood Outdoors, we turn to Scenic Rivers Taxidermy in Salem, Missouri. Larry and Heath have mounted six bucks for us in the last four years, and every one of them looks awesome. These guys are true artists and experts at deer and elk, but can handle all your taxidermy needs from fish to birds to bears. For a taxidermy experience you can trust, turn to Scenic Rivers Taxidermy. Visit them online at scenicriverstaxidermy.com or find them on Facebook, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy.